This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, March 9th, 2014. Amazed at what they heard. Was that fun or what? Oh my gosh, you guys were so good. So I'm J-Lo, I'm an American Idol, and I got goosies. Anybody who's seen that, that's what she says whenever somebody really nails it. Awesome. Well, I'm still Carrie Jones. Hadn't changed for me either. I'm still Alan. We are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made, a day where there are no accidents here today. Wow, we're just humbled to be in your presence. We are amazed. So settle us in that we might receive your word found in Scripture and be changed and transformed by it. In Jesus' name we pray this. Everybody gathered said, amen. Amen. All right, so we just did a Paul McCartney song, but how about a Christmas song when you first came in? Angels we have heard on high. What in the world are we doing? Singing Christmas songs in March. I mean, come on now. This is the first Sunday of Lent. It's the time when we are on a journey. We're traveling toward the cross, toward Resurrection Sunday. What do angels and shepherds and the birth of Jesus have to do with our focus today? Well, the truth is they have everything to do with that focus because the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ wasn't something that was just like dreamed up last minute. Jesus knew long before it actually happened what was coming, and that's because it was part of a plan from way, 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 way back. It's... uh, To put it simply, Jesus was born to die for you and for me. That's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. When you think about the journey of the cross didn't begin a week before like we often celebrate at the church from Palm Sunday to Easter, but it goes way, way back. That journey started actually with his birth (laughs) there in that stable long ago. And so that's why we sang a Christmas song this morning. Let's take a minute. Let's go back to Bethlehem. We just did this three months ago. You might remember Caesar Augustus. He was the Roman emperor, and he made a decree that all should come back to their hometown because he wanted to take a census. It it was for tax purposes. So Mary and Joseph had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It was an 80-mile trip. Can you just imagine what that was like? And there she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, a feeding trough, because there was no room in the inn. Mm. And then we read about the shepherds, and I love the way Eugene Peterson says this in the Scripture, uh, the message version of Scripture. There were neighbors, uh, shepherds camping out in the neighborhood, keeping watch over their flocks by night. You know the story. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, we're told. Terrified, these grown men, these grizzled veterans, men who had battled fierce animals, lions and bears to protect their sheep, men who were uh, used to dealing with all sorts of adversity out there in the field, these men were terrified. 
What they, uh, what they saw that night must have really been something, you know, seeing angels and the glory of the Lord must be an absolutely overwhelming experience. Even though they were terrified, the angel told them to not be afraid. That the angel brings good news of great joy that is for all people. That day in Bethlehem, a Savior is born. The Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Lord, the Son of God. They would know who he was because he would be the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a and the sky was filled with great and great angelic choir, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace to those on whom his favor rests. Wow. Can you just imagine? Can you imagine how absolutely awesome, how incredibly amazing that must have been? And to think it was the shepherds, these lowly shepherds, Back in that time in society, they were at the bottom or even like below the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder. They just were hardly even acknowledged. They were shepherds in a field, ceremonially unclean, and they're the ones who God chose to share the good news that a baby was going to be born. It was the shepherds who were the audience of this celestial extravaganza and it was those same shepherds who went to go see what the angels had told them about Luke chapter 2 so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger when they had seen him they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Did you catch that? All who heard it were amazed. 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 People were amazed at what they heard from the shepherds. Wow. When the shepherds told them what they, the shepherds, had been told about this child. They weren't amazed at the shepherds. I mean, the shepherds weren't that special. I mean, they were fairly common guys, other than, you know, caring for the sheep. But this news that they had been given, that the angels had shared, was absolutely incredible. And that's why the people were amazed by what they heard. Let's face it. We love new babies. Can I get an amen? amen. Had a new baby on the screen. You know, we've got several grandchildren, and, you know, our, our youngest spend a lot of time looking at them, hoping they recognize them. You know, it's always a contest for whose name they're going to say first. Amen? Oh, they said that. No, they really didn't. They just went, uh, well, it was dad, whatever. You know, the whole birth thing is, is just uh, amazing. I was at the birth of all four of our children. It is absolutely amazing. Yeah, but that wasn't the birth wasn't what amazed the people. They were amazed by what the shepherds shared with them. And what they shared was what they had been told by the angels. And that was that this child was the long-awaited Savior of the people. How amazing is that? That the salvation of the world is resting on little tiny baby shoulders. You got it? 
this baby in the manger. He was the one the people had been waiting for for centuries. He was the one anointed by God the Father to bring salvation, the anointed one. In Hebrew, the word is Messiah. In Greek, it's Christos. We, we change that to Christ. This baby in a manger, fully human, coming to the world just like we did, you and me, fully human and yet fully divine, Emmanuel, God in the flesh, right there in the manger. The baby, the shepherds visiting that manger, would save the world. Isn't that just absolutely amazing? Yeah. So we read about that at the beginning of Luke chapter 2. We're going to just get to chapter 41, or verse 41, in the very same chapter. There's been a number of years past. In fact, we go from the birth at the beginning of chapter 2 to the end, where Jesus is 12 years old we see that Mary and Joseph have traveled to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. This was a yearly celebration where Jews returned to remember their release from freedom of slavery. And we could talk about the Passover feast for a long time, but we're just gonna say that it was a really, really important day for uh, the Jews to remember their freedom. So. They were at this feast of the Passover, it was over, and Mary and Joseph were traveling with others. It's kind of like they were in one big happy family. And they're going along the road, and they realize that Jesus wasn't with them. So they went back, and they found him after three days of looking for him. <laughs> so. Let, let's just put this in human context. Can you imagine losing your kid for three days? Okay, can you imagine... Not on purpose. Not on purpose. Can you imagine knowing, remember Mary knew, losing the savior of the world? Can Hello. you imagine like, oh no, I've lost the son of God. How's that work anyway? Jeez. When Devin, our third daughter, was three years old, we were at Rehoboth Beach uh, one busy Saturday night. It was uh, a night in July. You can imagine how packed it is on the avenue. And I thought Alan had Devin, and Alan thought I had Devin, and neither one of us we were had both Devin. <laughs> and I have to tell you that those 10 minutes that Devin was missing, are probably still the worst 10 minutes of my life. That panic, if you've ever lost your kid, you know what I'm talking about. So Mary and Joseph were real parents, and they lost their real kid. This isn't just some story. They, it shows their humanity that they were like real parents with a real 12-year-old kid. And lost for three days, yeah. yeah. So the good news is they finally found him in the temple. Sitting, now here's the really wild picture. Here's this 12-year-old sitting among the teachers, listening to what they had to say and asking questions. Scripture tells us this, says, everyone who heard him, Jesus, was amazed at his understanding and his answers. So here's this 12-year-old kid holding his own amongst the spiritual giants of the day. So much so that everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. He, he hadn't started his ministry yet, 
official ministry, although apparently he's doing some ministry right there. He's not anywhere near being a fully mature adult. I mean, he's 12 years old. He's just, just hitting that age that we say accountability, you know, that transition from kidhood to adulthood, right? Basically still a kid, still living with mom and dad. <laughs> In fact, when his parents finally caught up with him, Scripture says they were astonished. It's an interesting word. If it were me. <laughs> and my son had stayed behind and not told us. And it took us three days to find him. Astonished probably isn't the word <laughs> that would be used to describe our reaction. Amen? Amen. <laughs> yeah. Whew. So the scripture tells us that Mary and Joseph were astonished. And his mother asked Jesus, like, why why'd you treat us this way? You know, we've been searching for you. And he said, Jesus said, well, I was in my father's house. Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? <laughs> Interesting answer. So, another one of our little stories. <laughs> Turner, our son, was at Megan, our daughter number two's high school graduation. And with us. Turner, we didn't get permission, but that's just the way it goes. You're a preacher's <laughs> kid, so here you go. You'll probably do the same thing when you're a preacher. So, <laughs> anyway, so he is. Uh, we lost him, and uh, again, panicked. Now, I wasn't as panicked when Devin got, uh, as when Devin got lost, because we were in Seaford, so it's But enough little, to see the police different. officer and give a description. Enough to see, because there was a purple ice cream truck that I knew was, you know, a, su a suspect place, and I saw the purple ice cream <laughs> truck. And so I'm like crying to the cops, I've lost my kid, I've lost my kid. And Turner is found and brought to us, and I'm like, I lost you, and he goes, well, I knew where I was. <laughs> he knew more kids in Megan's class than Megan did, so he was, he was high five and all his buddies. everybody on the field. Ten Little, years younger than they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. So it just kind of brings to mind that these are like real parents with a kid, and they experience the same thing. No ice cream truck in this scene. No this ice one, cream no. truck in this scene. <coughs> but we see both Jesus' divinity his at-homeness in the temple. When I come in here, I feel like really at home, like being in the presence of God. It's, it, I hope you feel that too. There's an at-homeness. That's what Jesus experienced, and that showed divinity, yet the humanity, because he's connected to parents. He was born human, yet divine. Yeah. And then we read this. Then he read... Uh, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And as Jesus grew up, he increased in wisdom and in favor with God and people. This scripture um, is precious to us. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all people. We've talked a lot about our kids' ministry, kindergarten through fifth grade. You see orange shirts among you. They're part of the 252 team. It's Luke 252. 
That's where the curriculum that the kids in the garage received. And it's based on this scripture. And the scripture has three basic truths. I need to make the wise choice. I can trust God no matter what. And I should treat others the way I want to be treated. And so our kids, while they're in the garage, learn many, many, many <coughs> different life applications. But it's based on growing in wisdom of God, with God, knowing who God is, and then how to apply that and make a difference in the world. You know, it's interesting when we read this passage, even though Jesus was the Son of God, is the Son of God, even though He's divine, Scripture tells us that He was obedient to His parents. We're reminded here, Jesus did not enter the world at 30 years old, traveling with His disciples, performing miracles, doing the ministry that He did during that three-year period, he came into the world just like you and me, a baby, very much human. He was a kid and then a teenager, just like you either were, are, or will be. Human, very human, staying behind without telling his parents. If you've got teenagers, you can understand it. Frustrating them when in his mind everything he was doing made perfectly good sense. He didn't have it all together at his birth or even by the time he was 12 years old. As the scripture says then, he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and all the people. In Luke 2, at the beginning of the chapter in the stable in Bethlehem, and then here again at the end, of the chapter in the temple in Jerusalem, we get to see very much the human side of Jesus. Um, and when we see that, he looks a whole lot like you and me, doesn't he? Very human. And yet, in the midst of all this, we see the divine. We see angels coming and speaking to shepherds, and the glory of the Lord, you know, the heavens just lit up we see Jesus able to discuss theological matters with the priests and the scribes, the learned uh, people in the temple. And the people were amazed by Jesus, what they heard, what they experienced. The very one who came, was born, and then grew into the teenage years, everyone was amazed mm. by what they heard. You know, from now through this Lenten season to Easter, we're going to talk about how people were amazed by Jesus. And we've got to tell you that we, Carrie and I, are amazed constantly by what we hear and by what we get to see here at Connection and beyond. We are amazed at the stories of transformations that take place in the people's lives. Here, We're amazed by stories like the one Carrie shared earlier about uh, the McDonald's uh, uh, pay it backward, I guess, in that case. <laughs> We're amazed at second chances that people have because of the one born there in that manger so long ago. We are amazed at the new life experience, new life in Christ people here experience thanks to his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. We are constantly amazed at the life changes that we get to hear about 
because of the one we call the Savior. So the question is this, how about you? Are you amazed? Are you amazed by what you've heard, you've seen in the Word of God, what you've experienced, how God has touched your life maybe, or you've seen the way God has touched somebody else's life. Are you amazed? Are you filled with awe and wonder, realizing the gift that God gave us when he sent his son, Jesus, as a baby in a manger, and we saw that he grew with his one purpose to be the savior of the world, to save you and me from our own sins, from our own messes. Are you amazed by that? Are you amazed by the grace that God has poured out on us through his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, that we are never left orphans, but that we always have the hope of Jesus Christ? Are you amazed? Are you amazed at what Jesus was willing to do? He was not forced to go to the cross. He went willingly for each one of us. And it all started with a baby in a stable and then the 12-year-old boy in the temple and continued all the way to the cross. Are you amazed? During this time, in the weeks ahead as we journey to Easter, we pray that that word amazed will be something that you latch on to and realize that an amazing God came into this world for you. That's the good news. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for loving us so much that you... You knew, a perfect time in history, you knew that we needed you in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for giving us your word, the Bible, that we can read about Jesus' life, his, his birth, his boyhood. Not much information there, but thank you for what you gave us. And then the ministry of Jesus that transforms our lives. God, we... Thank you, and we glorify your most holy and precious name in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website, at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.